Welcome to the Policy and Planner English podcast, where today we search for what every data analyst wants in her life, a strong denominator. In this case, it's the total cost of care. I'm Helen Laban, and today we're talking with Sarah Lindbergh. I lead the analytical team at the Green Mountain Care Board and was part of the team that helped develop the specification that defines the total cost of care for the all-payer model. The Green Mountain Care Board and the all-payer model are covered in our previous episodes one and two. First thing to know about total cost of care is that we're talking about a measure designed to check our progress in the all-payer model. You heard Robin refer to it in our Green Mountain Care Board episode. It's the deal where we've promised the federal government that our health care costs will grow at less than 3.5%. We do have some good recent data um, showing that costs have been slowing down compared to what they were previously, um, which doesn't mean that people still don't feel pain in their insurance premiums. But um, overall, we are seeing growth closer to the 3% than to the like 7, 8, 9, 10% that was previously. We calculate this cost using two data sources. There's two main types of spending that goes into the cost that we're looking at. One is through uh, medical claims, and we get that through our all-payer claims database. That are things that go to an insurance company are paid. Sometimes the member has to kick in a little bit of money, and often the insurance company pays quite a bit. So we take the total of those two things, what the insurance company pays plus what the member's responsibility is to get the total claims-based spending for the month. This all-payer claims database is also known as VCures and was the topic of our last episode. The main thing to remember from that episode is what, among all the many medical records out there, a claim is. It's a bill. It's an invoice. There's basically three different amounts we think of when we talk about a medical insurance claim. There's the charge amount. So that's like what would be on the charge master of a hospital. So that says that, let's say an office visit is $3,000. Then there's the allowed amount. And that would be both what the member is paying out of pocket plus what the insurance company actually pays for that. And that's usually related to a contract that the payer has with the provider. So they say, you know what, actually, we only pay $1,000. So that's the allowed amount. So the paid amount is how much the insurance company actually pays. So they charge $3,000, the allowed amount is $1,000, but the insurance company pays $800, and the member pays the last $200. So that $800 plus $200 is the money that was actually paid, which is the same as the allowed amount. Now, you might recall that a lot of healthcare reform projects get into value-based systems that pay for healthcare in a different way, eschewing the claims-producing fee-for-service systems of yesteryear. Some of these newfangled systems generate what are called shadow claims. Basically, a claim made out as if there had been fee-for-service, even though the actual money changed hands in a different payment model. Others, in fact, do not have claims, and that's the second part of the cost calculation. On the non-claim side, so some spending that's associated with primary care or services related to the all-payer model don't run through claims. A good example are the primary care medical home payments that are given to primary care doctors through our Blueprint for Health program. So they get a small amount of help in coordinating care, a per member per month fee for each patient that's attributed 
to that person. So they're considered the main provider in charge of their care. None of it goes through claims. So we have to get that through supplemental templates from insurance companies. Okay, so now you've got the value-based payments and you've also got those fee-based payments, mostly from V-Cures, which we talked about last episode. So we smoosh those two together, divide it by the population, and we get a per member per month cost. Even though this second value-based category is a smaller part of the total cost of care calculation today, don't think that means we've lost sight of the larger goal of changing how we approach health to focus on value-based care over fee-for-service. It also is helping to support, if you want to change your population from this fee-for-service where I get paid to do more, to more of taking care of populations and keep them well, it's important to think more about what the cost is to take care of a population than, say, to do an MRI. So it's part of kind of supporting this more population-based value-incented reimbursement system. So that's what goes into the total cost of care. But what, you might ask, does not go in? Don't panic when we begin to list what's missing. Remember that this measure is being used to track trends. We want to know how spending changes, which means the relevant question is whether we have an appropriate sample of that spending, not whether we have a full tally. People without insurance, we don't have medical claims for. They've paid out of pocket. That money was exchanged as part of taking care of the population, but never turns up in our records. Similarly, there are some insured populations that don't show up. So for instance, uh, federal employees, the federal employees health benefit plans don't show up in B-Cures. People of coverage through the military, CHAMPUS or TRICARE don't show up in B-Cures. We also have had a problem since a Supreme Court decision went down a few years ago where we're missing about half of our self-funded market. That self-funded market is one to keep an eye on. It's currently more than half of the commercial insurance market in Vermont, and it's throwing off our data. Partly because it's easier to be a self-funded group these days. Partly because there's more and more pressure to meet all these mandates that the state of Vermont puts on commercial insurers. More and more groups are choosing to self-fund if they can. So that means that the people in that kind of traditionally fully funded group are not doing a great job of representing the population. Furthermore, there are some self-funded groups who don't have a choice about sending claims to VCARES. So for, for example, the state employees and the teachers union, they don't have the choice. They don't have access to the exemption that says they don't have to send claims. So the self-funded lives left in our database tend to have very rich plans. So they utilize more health care and pay less of a percentage of that total cost. So it's really skewing what we're seeing. The other missing component is in the VCARES database, but not in the total cost of care calculations. That component is pharmaceuticals. One reason why they aren't included is because total cost of care is a measurement for the all-payer model, and the all-payer model doesn't give Vermont any sort of authority over the pharmaceutical industry. I'm sure we'd like to have that authority, but we don't. The other reason is that just because the data is in there doesn't mean it's going to tell us what we really want to know. If there was ever a place for muddy data, it would be pharmaceutical costs. So it's, it's in our, our claims database. Unfortunately, it's one of the least helpful from a claims perspective. What we actually pay for pharmaceuticals is a, is a crazy question. <laughs> so there's like these things called rebates uh, where Medicaid gets millions of dollars back towards money they've paid towards, you know, for these drugs. So what you see on the claim might not reflect very well what actually came out of someone's pocket. So we have that data from the claims. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how 
meaningful it is. And that's some definite work that we have to do in the future is to try and interrogate that a little bit better. It is not included in the total cost of care, however. So I do think that that will quickly crop up as a question we're going to have to answer well, because people are going to say hospital budgets keep going up, my insurance rates keep going up, but you're telling me that spending is only increasing by 2%. (laughs) So there's going to be some disconnects there that we're going to have to more robustly address. And there we have the short story of total cost of care. One side note, Sarah and I talked about work the Green Mountain Care Board is doing to make their data sources more available to the public, which I think is an interesting topic in its own right. And so I'm saving that for a future conversation on the Policy in Plainer English podcast.